This is Christian Book Blurb, brought to you by author and songwriter Matt McClary. Get a behind-the-scenes glimpse into the lives of some of your favourite Christian authors. Hear about their books and faith. Also, why not check out my website, mattmcclary.com. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the Christian Book Blurb podcast. This is the podcast that aims to encourage you in your discipleship as we meet some amazing Christian authors and learn about their books, their lives, and their faith on this twice-monthly podcast. I'm your host, Matt McClary. Hi there. Thank you so much for joining me again for this episode. And today, we are going to be talking about the topic of, or rather, trying to answer the question, can faith and doubt coexist? And today, I'm speaking with the author, Kat Wordsworth. So, let's welcome her to the show. Hi, Kat. Hi, Matt. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me today. It's so great um, to have you with us. Now, this topic about doubt and faith, we don't often hear doubt being openly talked about very much in church circles. Well, I know I certainly don't. If, if, if you are a listener and you do, well, drop me a line and let me know. But I don't really hear conversations around doubt being discussed um, or acknowledged even in church circles. Why do you think this is? Yeah, it's a it's a really tricky one, isn't it? We can only ever speak from our own experience. And like you, it's not really been something that I've heard of being discussed openly. But I know other people who it is the opposite for them. But I think what I have what I've picked up um, in my journey is that there just seems to be this massive stigma around it, kind of fueled by this fear and suspicion of what it is and what it means. Um, and it it turns into a bit of a vicious circle, I think. If you don't yeah. hear it talked about, then you don't talk about it. Um, and that impacts kind of everyone. For people that are experiencing doubt, they don't know who to turn to to talk about it because they've never heard it spoken about. But for people who haven't experienced it, it kind of feels like this this kind of gap in wisdom because if no one's talking about it, then we're not learning from each other about it regardless of mm. if you've experienced it or not. So it's just this kind of hole of knowledge that we're not really admitting to. Yeah. And do you think do you think that kind of feeds into the assumption um, that doubt is a threat to faith in some way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, as soon as fear and suspicion are part of the equation, then there's going to be all sorts of concerns about it. Um, as to whether doubt is a threat to faith, I think what I have come up against quite a few times as I talk about it is that doubt means different things to different people it it's really it's a really wide word with an umbrella of different meanings you know it can be disappointment unanswered prayer disillusionment or it can be questions about specific doctrines or theology or denominations it can mean such a vast different different array of things to different people that communication can get really messy um i think obviously i feel like you know where i'm going to land on this um i don't see doubt as a threat to faith i think my own story is that doubt showed me 
that there were some things that I really needed to unpick and take back to basics. And eventually, through that process, it wasn't overnight by any means, that is what strengthened my faith. And I suppose what it comes down to is whether whether you think that asking questions or wrestling or engaging with faith is a sign of weakness or a sign that you're taking it seriously. Um, mm. And I suppose what you have to come back to again and again, not just on this topic, but on a lot in life, is that none of us are ever in a position to judge anyone else, else's faith. So I think that's that's kind of the bottom line you have to start from. So you talked about um, doubt having different meanings or definitions mm. for different people. So what is this definition or meaning of doubt for you? Yeah, so kind of the worst one, really. Um, which, <laughs> um, yeah, the I, what, worst one. Yeah, the worst one. <laughs> the thing that I have struggled with really badly over the years is is literally the question of whether God exists or not. So, you know, the kind of the fundamental doubt that there is. There's all the other bits have been thrown in in varying proportions over the years. Um, but yeah, absolutely that that kind of fundamental one lying underneath. And 10 years ago, I would have never dreamed of admitting that in a public forum. But I think it's it's so much more common than we think. So that's it why, really is. Yeah, that's why I'm happy to talk about it now is because I needed to know then that that was a normal thing to experience. I've, yeah. I've, I've been through that as well. Yeah. I mean, not, not to the same degree or extent as you describe in your book, but there have definitely been times where I go mm. through like a season where I think, you know, what is this all about? Is yeah. this even real? Yeah. You know, am I just wasting my time here? You know, and for me, um, I, I guess dealing with that question and really thinking about it has in the end helped me to to understand more about why I believe or, or you know you know sort out in my own mind you know is it real or is God real or not and and yeah. do I believe this or don't I and why do I believe this and yeah. you know, why don't I believe other things and and that helped to to kind of strengthen my faith yeah um, it can be a real end. It can be a real catalyst, yeah, if if you manage to do it without getting completely overwhelmed by the fear and the shame and the guilt mm. and the isolation that can so often accompany these times, mm. yeah. So mentioning all of that, you have written a book called yes. Let's Talk About Doubt, A Story of Doubt, Faith and Life in Between. And you share some of your personal story with faith and doubt. So without giving too much away, <laughs> where did doubt creep in for you and how did this affect your life at the time? I mean, I don't really mind giving spoilers for the book. <laughs> it's, it's all right. Um, I had a, a very traditional Christian upbringing. I was raised in church, um, you know, from from the womb onwards. I've been part of a church. Um I suppose hindsight's a, a tricky thing to work with sometimes, isn't it? But I think from teenage years, maybe early teenage years, I started to be aware of just this nagging sense that I didn't seem to feel the same way about things as other people around me. Um, at the time, I didn't, I didn't name that as doubt or really pay too much attention to it. I just, I thought that at some point, 
something would happen to make things click into place and that I would feel like everybody else. Um, you know, if I, if I tried hard enough, if I prayed hard enough, if I read the Bible enough, if I went to enough Christian festivals, all of the, all of the things that you can do. But if I just did all of those things, um, it would all work out okay. And that culminated in working for a church after I'd finished university. And yeah, it was a bad idea. It all just came to a bit of a head and I had, yeah, just just a full-blown existential crisis, really. Um, it wasn't any particular event or experience with a particular person. You know, it's not a story of kind of any particular church leader not acting well or anything like that. It was just decades of feeling like I didn't quite fit and I didn't seem to experience faith in the same way. In terms of how that affected me, I mean, I've written a whole book about it, so quite deeply. Um, these are big questions and they have profound impacts on us. It's Questions of faith are nothing less than how we see ourselves, the meaning of life, the meaning of the world, what's going to happen to us, the nature of love, you know, everything. It's all wrapped up within that. So questioning that really was, yeah, quite a quite a bad period in my life. Um, you know, it um, impacted mental health, physical health of just mm. feel like the feeling so scared of the consequences of this doubt for a long stretch really does have physical consequences. So yes, I mean, in short, it affected me badly. <laughs> we talk about we've, we've spoken about um, how having doubts and, and questioning things can lead to a strengthening of faith. Um, so have your doubts been resolved? Are you in a position where where that's happened, or you know, where, where are you at at the moment? Yeah. So, and I suppose this is where people start to describe an experience that if you haven't experienced doubt then it sounds a bit odd but what I would say is that I still doubt and all the same doubts but my faith is stronger than it ever was and I think although my doubts haven't been resolved or shifted what has changed is that I'm not scared of them anymore I think the significant thing for me was that I've I used to kind of have this idea of God in my head that he was just watching me, waiting to pounce any time my faith fell below anything other than absolute certainty and living in absolute fear of the consequences of that to just having a much more compassionate lens, um, thinking that probably... And hopefully what I what I have to believe is that God honours my integrity, honours my willingness to keep on trying day after day, decision after decision in the way I live and the way I think and the way I write, trying to actually do it. I think for me that is faith, is the decision to keep on going even, even when I'm not sure. Mm. I... I quite often try to challenge myself to finish the sentence faith is and I think one of the 
one of the ways I finished that in the sen- in the book is that faith for me is the willingness to try and keep Jesus in focus even when everything else around me blurs. It's that willingness to just keep keep going and keep trying. Yeah, that kind of answers my my next question really about um, can faith and doubt coexist? Can can we hold the two in tension without them? cancelling each other out or kind of breaking each other apart? Obviously, that's a question that different people will answer in very different ways. Um, And I think what it comes down to is what your definition of faith is. If you think faith is certainty, then that's not going to hold any room for my kind of experience of a faith that allows room for that wrestling and that questioning. But I think I have to just come back to what I said earlier, is that we're not in a position to judge anyone else's faith. My faith is not certain, but it is still genuine faith. I have friends who do feel certain, and theirs is genuine faith. I think we all experience these things differently, even even when we're holding fast to the same thing. Um, There's a quote that, by, oh, and I don't know how to actually pronounce his name other than reading it. I think it's Fred, Frederick Buchner, something like that. Um, and it's it's using the the famous "Lord, I believe, help my unbelief" quote. And he he wrote, "Lord, I believe, help my unbelief mm. is the best any of us can do. Thank God it is enough." That might be a paraphrase, but you get the meaning. Like, mm. I have to hope that God mm. sees my desire for it to be true my desire for faith for engaging with him and encountering him and i have to i have to hope that that's enough what what's your advice from from being on the other side of the is it the fence or the room or i don't know the other side of the the situation as the person experiencing doubt what what are some things that people should avoid um saying to those in that situation i suppose the first um the first set of things would be the have you tried so have you tried praying have you tried reading the bible have you tried doing this i'd say 99 percent of the time of course the person has tried that if they're at the stage where they're mm. talking to you about it and asking for help then of course they're going to have tried praying um and that can just feel quite dismissive sometimes, I think, even when obviously it comes with the best intentions. Um, there's another kind of category of just try and control your facial expressions. Even if you are horrified by what the person is saying, possibly don't let that <laughs> show on your face. Um, and if that is your response and you don't know what to say and you are scared by what the person is saying... That's fine. That that's that's not your fault. But just signpost the person on. Don't just say anything for the sake of saying anything. Don't come out with platitudes or cliches or anything like that. If you, you don't know, don't just admit know, you don't just, know. Just yeah, try and help yeah. and find somebody that can help rather than yeah. um making it worse and running the risk that you might be the last person this they ever open up to because they're just as terrified of getting the same response again and again and again. Yeah. Great. So on the flip side of that then, how can we 
respond appropriately? What are some yeah. of the good things to say to someone in that position? I think the number one thing that I always wanted to hear whenever I told anyone about it, which wasn't often, was that's really normal. Doubt is really common. You are not a failure. It doesn't mean you've done anything wrong. It doesn't mean you are abandoned or ostracized. You are still included. You are still welcome. That kind of realm of things to just let the person know that they're just not an abject failure for experiencing doubt. Um, some mm. of the responses I've had over the years, I mean, I can laugh about them now, but yeah, they were just so damaging. So, so damaging. Mm. And sometimes I do wonder how I, how I have ended up getting to this place of acceptance with it because yeah, it, it wasn't likely based on some of the things that people have said over the years. I think just, Respond with love. That's that's the headline. Mm. Yeah. Really good advice. Yeah. Um, and in your book, you, you mentioned something quite interesting. You use um, a, like an image that recurs throughout the book as you go through. Um, you mentioned things called small threads of faith. Um, can you explain it to us? What, 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 what does that mean? Yeah, so it was kind of born out of this metaphor that it felt like everything had unraveled it felt like my faith I think I say this in the book was one of those knots that looks really secure and then you just give one tug on it and the whole thing unwraps and it really that was the word I kept coming back to in those early years just feeling like everything had fallen apart and it just felt too big and too overwhelming to try and tackle that all in one go. So over the years, instead, I kind of, I used this idea of building it back up again, like a tapestry, kind of one thread at a time. So those were the small threads of faith. When I kind of came across something that really helped push me forward or made some sort of decision or read a book that really helped or had some sort of experience where I felt something of God in any kind of way I'd kind of claim that claim it and be like well that's that's a small thread of faith faith I'm gonna add that onto kind of my my tapestry and that's there even if I built up I don't know 20 and then in the future five of them snapped the others are still there it's a sustainable and resilient way to do it it's kind of just building it up gradually and re reweaving it all back together, but not in a way that the whole thing can just collapse again, if that makes sense. Um, well, that that's one good piece of advice um, for those in that same position as you who are experiencing doubt and trying to navigate doubt and faith. Um, are, is there anything else, any other tips you might give to someone in, in that position? I'd say the absolute number one thing, the, by far the thing that helped me the most was finding other people to talk to who had experienced similar things themselves. So that was really difficult for me at the time and I actually found those voices in books to start with. Um, people from different countries, completely different Christian backgrounds, but still describing the same experience. Just anything that let me know that it wasn't just me. Um, 
I do now have people, real life people, who I can talk to, as well as kind of this whole community of people through Instagram and on there. I, I run a, an account. It's called About Doubt, and it does what it says on the tin. It's just entirely mm-hmm. about doubt. Really, just this. What I do is really entirely focused on letting people know that it isn't just them and that doubt is normal and that they haven't failed. And I think that is the most important voice that you can hear when you're experiencing it because, you know, the shame and the fear that can accompany doubt really can paralyze you and stop you from moving forward and stop doubt being that helpful, refining, clarifying force. So that's that's my advice that's what i do that's the neon sign above my head is doubt is normal you are not a failure yeah Mm, that's great thank you really helpful i think that'll really help some listeners who are um struggling with doubt themselves we'll be returning in just a moment to continue our conversation with the author kat wordsworth so do stay tuned we'll be back after these If you enjoy listening to this podcast, you can help keep it on the web. All you've got to do is buy me a coffee. Head over to buymeacoffee.com slash Matt McClary to make a donation. There is a link in this episode's show notes. So go on, buy me a coffee today and help this podcast to keep supporting Christian books and authors. And welcome back to the Christian Book Blurb podcast. I am chatting today with the author Kat Wordsworth about the question, can faith and doubt coexist? Now, before the break, we delved into that topic quite a lot. And one of the things we'd like to do here on the show, Kat, is get to know our author a little bit better. I mean, you, you've, you've already bared your soul yeah. to us um, <laughs> quite a lot in the first, which is fantastic. Thank you so much. Um but let's find out a little bit more about you. Um, have you got any favourite foods, for example? I mean, I'd like to come up with a really um, sophisticated answer. But is there anything <laughs> better than Nutella? A jar of Nutella and a spoon. I'm happy. Oh, there you I'm go. Wow. <laughs> Fantastic. Really good. Um, and do you do anything for fun other than binging on Nutella out of a jar? Um. Yes, I I am in an orchestra. I oh, okay. What instrument do you play? I play the flute. So okay. and if pushed, oh. the piccolo. Even though it's a horribly wow. high instrument and is actually quite painful <laughs> to play sometimes. <laughs> um, I love being outdoors. I love. I'm a. I, we're a very outdoor adventurey kind of family. Mm. Um, we live quite near to some big rivers, so we've got some kayaks and things like that. So, yes, lots of lots of fun things. Oh, great. Oh, I'm intrigued by the orchestra. <laughs> what, what piece are you playing at the moment? Um, what did we play last night? We played Beethoven's Fourth Symphony. We played Carmen, Bizet's Carmen Suite. And we okay. played... Oh. Shostakovich Festival Overture, and I played the piccolo for that, and my ears are still (laughs) ringing slightly. (laughs) (laughs) That's wonderful. Uh, Now, I know you've mentioned the About Doubt um, resource and things, um, and you've written your book. Is this this an all-consuming passion of yours in life, or do you do other things as well to pay the bills? 
Yes, I, I do other things to pay the bills. Um, <laughs> I work as I have one of those jobs that it's quite difficult to explain to people that aren't in mm-hmm. the same realm of it. I am a second tier welfare rights advisor. So I nice. I provide benefits advice for benefits advisors who get stuck, basically. So okay. Um. So yes, quite busy at the minute with kind of cost of living crisis and all of that so mm, mm, yes okay all right so does that leave you much time to do writing and other things yes i'd say it's my children that take up more of the time and the yes. headspace yeah don't they my part-time goodness job. yes yeah. I've, I've got a 10 year old boy and a seven year old girl and yes i basically i'd say 80 percent of my life is running their social calendar and providing a taxi yeah, service it. to them. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, well done. Yes. <laughs> I know that's not easy. No. Oh, goodness. Um, so have you got anything you're working on in terms of writing? Have you got anything coming up or in the pipeline that you might be able to give us a little, a little taster of, perhaps, maybe, before it comes into the world? Yeah, so it's the the classic coy response from the author who doesn't want to fully commit to a project. Um, Yes, Uh yes, I have. Of course I've been writing. I write regardless of having an audience or not. I've just been thinking and contemplating and writing a lot on the idea of kind of what comes next after you've accepted doubt. Because that isn't the end of the story. The end of the story or the continuation is how to actually live with it and how to live a life Mm. of doubtful faith which yeah it felt like I think the the phrase that I keep coming back to is that it felt like once I'd accepted doubt that was it you know I would I'd be sorted but actually it it turned out to be a false peak because it didn't (laughs) didn't tell me what to do with it and how it's just the start and how to how to engage and how to be in church and be a member of these communities when I'm coming to it from seemingly such a different place. So yes, mm. whether or not I um, put my head above the parapet again with publishing again, with trying to get it published is, yes, I haven't quite made that decision yet. It's it's a lot. <laughs> um, and obviously what I write about yeah. is is my soul, is my yeah. my deepest, most secret thoughts um so yes putting it out there does have a cost but it's yeah probably probably watch this space we'll see what happens (laughs) well tell you what um maybe someone listening to this um podcast um why don't if you've if you've read cat's book fantastic if you haven't why don't you get a copy of it it's called um let's talk about doubt so why don't you get a copy of it? And if you like it, um, why don't you why don't you g- give give Kat a, a you know an email or something and just encourage her if mm-hmm. it's touched you or or helped you um, that might that might you know spur her on to take the plunge <laughs> with the, with the publisher because that's it's a scary thing doing yeah. that I know I've done it myself a few times um, and yeah you might you might help who knows get get another book out there. Um, speaking of emailing you, Kat, or contacting yeah. you in some way, how can people find out about you or buy your books or pop you a message online? Have you got a website 
or where can people buy books from, etc. So the, the it's the same phrase everyone says. The book you can get anywhere really, um, Amazon or if you don't want to use Amazon for whatever reason, then it can be ordered into Waterstones and W. H. Smith and it's on Eden and all of those places and mm. ebooks as well. So, um, in terms of contact to me, I am just Instagram at the minute. My boundaries are quite high. Um, yes, I'm on at about underscore doubt. Um, and you can message me on there, comment. Yeah, all of those kind of things. So, I am contactable. <laughs> Yeah, what we'll do for those listening is we'll provide um, a little link to Kat's um, Instagram page in the show notes of this episode. So if you want to get in touch or f- just follow her on Instagram or, or whatever, um, you can do that. So we will put a little link um, there as well. So go and follow her on Instagram if you are there as well. That would be fantastic. Well, Kat, we've come to the end hmm. of our discussion it's been really interesting and really um it's been so good because you've been so generous in sharing um your soul with us and I think thank you for doing that I'm just thank quite you. shameless about it now I just I'm willing to be honest if it helps if it helps yeah. someone else yeah. then I don't mind anymore so yeah I hope it I hope it speaks to people thank you that's fantastic. And thank you as well for listening to this episode. Don't forget, um, Christian Book Blurb comes out twice a month on the 1st and the 15th. So we'll be back really soon and we'll be talking with another fantastic Christian author about their books, their faith and their life. So do join us again really soon. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Christian Book Blurb with your host, Matt McClary. Do give it a like, give it a share and let your friends know all about it. We do hope to see you again soon on another Christian Book Blurb.